Biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen. Morning, team. Four minutes past five. Nice to be company. Welcome along to Wednesday. Trust your day went well. No, but inter- the weather, I thought, was very interesting yesterday. One minute it was kind of quite nice, and uh, then it went overcast, and then it went nice again, which was, uh, which was quite good news. And, uh, and everything was good. Everything is wonderful in the world, and it's very quiet around Leicester Square. You know why? Because the kids are on holiday. So yesterday was quite busy. We had lots of feral children running about all over the place. Uh, the follow-up to the chocolate biscuits... You remember the chocolate biscuit story. If you don't, you'll have to podcast from yesterday. But when I went in to check yesterday afternoon, they've, uh, they've gone up again. They're now £1.25, not the 75 pence they were on Sunday, which was a little bit naughty. So uh, I, d- I didn't say anything to them. I thought best not, actually. But there is a particular woman in this shop who's not... not I don't know, you could just tell by some people that they, they really... They're, they're working on a till, but they really couldn't care less about you. They're not remotely interested. Uh, sad about Mike Tyson's daughter... The papers haven't reported it because she hadn't died when they went to uh, press. And what had happened was she'd got caught um, on one of these treadmill machines by the band that goes under it. How? I've got no idea. And it strangled her. And she was only four years old. She was fine when they took her to hospital. But uh, then it's, uh, it just went downhill, I'm afraid. So it was like a loop she got caught in. Because you've heard of these stories before. I've heard of children getting trapped in electric windows in cars. And, and they've been uh, suffocated because the windows come up and they can't get back out again and they can't find the, uh, the window thing. Because you do get some windows, I think mine, you have to keep your finger on it and the window will go up. If you just take your finger off, it, it will then uh, stop. Uh, 84850, uk. And uh, there is the story of the woman who we reported yesterday on the programme. This is Margaret King. Margaret King is one of those odd people. She's addicted to cosmetic surgery. So she spent £45,000 on it. Unfortunately, she looks peculiar. She doesn't look good on it at all. It's a classic example of don't ever get addicted to it. What she's done, though, she's got her daughter addicted to Botox. And her daughter is apparently called Jodie. Jodie is model. Uh, and she earns uh, six, was it 600 or £800 a month. We couldn't work out what sort of model she was, but looking at the picture of her, she ain't going to be glamorous because she's a little bit plain, so we assume she's a glamour model. Because glamour models are generally people who, they just get their boobs out and they, don't, they, they can't go anywhere else because they're not pretty enough to do anything, they're not tall enough to do catwalk stuff, they're not elegant enough, so they can't do that, so they have to get the, uh, the boobs out. And we suspect she's one of those, because she only earns ten grand a month. So I've got no idea what sort of, you know... But also, you look at the picture of her and you think, well, so, you know, you're a model, dear. For what? For what? And strangely enough... Do you remember some years ago, I told you the story, we all went to Rome. The whole family went to Rome. There was me and Chris and Sharon and the kids and Dawn and Pete and Poppy. And we all go to Rome and we arrive there late. Our ship arrives late. So by the time we get to Rome, it's too late to go inside the Colosseum. And Rome is boiling. I promise you, don't ever go to Rome in the middle of summer. You will sweat buckets. It is just... You, you have to stay out of the heat. You need to take water with you. So anyway, we go round, and around the Colosseum, as indeed probably here as well, there are people dressed up, only this time as gladiators. And they're standing there, and what they want is you to give them money, and you have your picture taken with them. Well, of course, we didn't know this, and uh, Charlotte didn't know, so she'd have been probably about 11. 11, 12... Actually, she might have been probably about 10 and a half, 11. Anyway, so she started taking a picture of him. He's going, no, no, go away. And he's being rude to her. And uh, I said, well, she doesn't know. She's only a little girl. You know, she doesn't know these sort of things. Anyway, he then started swearing. You F off. Stupid, ugly man. Anyway, he's pictured inside the sun today. 
There's a picture of exactly the same man. It's exactly the same man. Exactly the same man. Because I took a picture of him, just to remind myself of what a nasty little thug he is. And he's inside the sun on page 13. He's the one on the left-hand side. He's got one of those ugly faces. He's one of those nasty little people. Horrible man. And he dresses up as a gladiator. And you apparently cross his palm with silver. I'd have thought of strychnine, but there you go. And, and you have your picture. T- Why? I've got no idea. He's in the sun because, of course, the Red Army of Man United fans have marched into Rome, ready to roar their team to victory in tonight's Champions League final. So they're all there. So they had a picture of the, of the Man United fans with this nasty little piece of work. And if I see him again... Perhaps we can get him sack as well. Let's work on that one, shall we? Actually, it's in Rome, so it doesn't really affect us in the slightest. But if you want to see what a thug looks like and a man who abuses children, this is him. This is him. Horrible man. I never thought I'd bump into him again, you know. It's so lucky, this programme. Anyway, the good news is that Danielle Lloyd is out of hospital. Oh, thank the Lord. Because she was in yesterday. What had happened was, poor, poor Danielle, who's very busy working at, at being Danielle Lloyd, goes into a nightclub. A lot of booze is consumed, as indeed it is, because they... You would think, actually... I mean, I don't want to be rude, but if, you, if you've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you don't want to go out to a nightclub. You want to stay in, don't you? No, Danielle Lloyd wants to go out to a nightclub, so where she goes, she drags along this this girlfriend... Sorry, boyfriend of hers called uh, Jamie, and Jamie's a real strong man, real toughy boy. And anyway, the next thing, it all kicks off. There's a fight in there. Two women fell her to the floor and apparently blood was pouring out of her legs. Anyway, Danielle Lloyd was taken in hospital. Emergency surgery. Luckily, she's out the next day. So that's good news, isn't it? Not maybe so much of an, a, you know, an emergency surgery. is a little bit of blood in the cut. So anyway, um, she is walking. So that's good. Luckily on crutches. So uh, at least she's out, though. And a close friend said to the son, she was lucky not to have lost her leg. Lucky she was out so quickly of hospital then, wasn't it? That was very lucky for emergency surgery. Normally you have emergency surgery and they keep you in for a while. She was allowed out within hours. So perhaps it was a little bit over. She could have lost a leg, though. No, it was just a cut, dear, on a leg. Let's not over overemphasise the thing, for God's sake. And uh, what else do we have today? There was, there was something else. I was, I was trying to sort of... Oh, that's right. There's going to be uh, some... Now, the, oh, dear, I, I can't tell you too much about it. Uh, but I will tell you that it's uh, a ship that has sunk off the Isle of Anglesey in North Wales. It sunk a long, long time ago, 260 years ago, and they reckon that on board is 426 tonnes of gold. It was a treasure ship. It was a treasure ship uh, going to Mary, Queen of Scots. 426 tonnes of gold, and it sank. You can imagine, can't you? Quite quickly, I should imagine. On goes the gold, down goes the ship. Divers have now been given permission to search for the wreck. Now, you would think it would be easy, but it's not. When they found the Texing, and the Texing was a, a ship that sunk about 150, 200 years ago, and it was coming from China, laden with porcelain. Laden with porcelain. And they knew the ship was out there somewhere. Anyway, they eventually found it. They go down there. The ship had started breaking up. There wasn't much. It was, a, it was a, like a Chinese junk. And on it were cases and cases of porcelain that had lain at the bottom of the sea for ages. And they started bringing it up, and they brought up thousands of pieces of porcelain from this ship, the Texing. And I remember reading about this story and thinking, this is absolutely fascinating, I love this idea. So when the uh, porcelain came up for auction, as indeed it did, I bid. And I got ten pieces of porcelain. Not cheap, 
I think I paid about £700 for one of the bowls, and they've got rabbits on, and each one comes with, with a certificate. And it's very difficult to get hold of now. So I was quite... I mean, there were thousands of pieces that came up. The fact that it was sitting at the bottom of the ocean, and the fact that it was a, a, a packed boat of all this porcelain made it even more interesting. And the fact that it's come up in near-perfect condition. So I've got... I gave pieces away. I've given some away to friends for Christmas and things like that. I've got little ashtrays, bowls, plates... I think in all I've got about 10, 10, 12 pieces. So I've kept at the moment, I think, seven, because I, I particularly like the patterns. I just keep looking at them every so often. And yet, strange enough, they're very plain. They're not, not, uh, not highly decorated. But this salvage hunt for this gold is going to be launched very, very shortly. Um, it's been down there since 1746, and Joe McCormack says his son Kevin has found a ring with the seal of Charles's ancestor, Mary Queen of Scots, and he says... All we've got to do is search the area around where the ring came from and hopefully buried somewhere under the mud and the silt. And all they do is they put down giant vacuum cleaners and they hoover off all the sand. And then they will hopefully find this gold. Can you imagine? 426 tonnes of gold. It must be like finding oil. You know, it must be like when, when they found oil in, in the Middle East. You must think, oh, we should have been found in our back garden. <laughs> It never is, is it? They never find things like that at all. I love the story as well of, uh, of an ex-soldier called Alfred Mann. Alfred is 87, and he's doing something now that he hasn't done for 65 years. What is he doing now that he, that he hasn't been able to do? When he was injured in the war, he had a piece of shrapnel stuck in his throat. And it's been there for 65 years. And he hasn't been able to eat properly. He's never, he's never done a steak Never hadn't been able to swallow properly because of this thing. Woke up the other week on the pillow next to him as a piece of shrapnel. He's obviously sort of, <coughs> as you do, coughed in the middle of the night. This thing's come up. So he can now, for the first time in 65 years, chew steaks, chops. And, I mean, what a day. The wife is thrilled beyond belief. Thrilled beyond belief. Constance, who's 87, says he's like a new man. But the food bills have gone up. Isn't that great? I love a good story. I did say the other day, it's so nice to try and find new story, uh, sorry, new and happy stories in the papers, because generally speaking, it's a pretty miserable lot that you have to go through. For example, we're still being flogged to death, Jade, in the Daily Mirror, by her mother, the ghastly Jackie. And uh, this is Jade's goodbye to her boys. It's the same old twat. We've heard this before, I'm afraid. I'm not remotely interested. You know, let the woman rest in peace. The boys are back in the country. Let's just kind of leave it, shall we? Let's leave it. They're very young. They don't need this ram down their throats forever and a day. But I suspect that uh, when Jack Tweed, nice little piece of work, comes out of prison, they're going to meet him with a tour bus with some glamour models on it. And 15 of his friends. Lovely, isn't it? What a class act Jack is. And he's worried about how the public will react to him. Well, there'll be a few sycophants, Jack, that'll run around going, all right, mate. You know, because they're probably like-minded as you. What you're going to do for a living, yeah. If you actually kept quiet about the whole thing, it would be fine. But unfortunately, I suspect you're going to be trying to flog a story to the papers. And uh, I, for one, am not interested. Together with 98% of the country, who don't like you either. You're a nasty little piece of work. I don't think you did Jade any good at all. I really don't. He wasn't even there at the end, apparently, according to the Mother Jackie. He was in the other room. He was, he was too uh, frightened to see somebody die. Everybody else managed to make it, Jack, but, of course, we always knew what you were. Uh, 5.15 is the time. It's Wednesday morning. It's May the 27th, 2009, and it's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Latest travel and weather, along with London's biggest conversation on the big stories of the day. Join James Whale this afternoon from 4, LBC 97.3. 
Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's uh, 17 minutes past five. John wants to know how the Italian guard could say F off if you didn't speak English. I didn't say you didn't speak English. You quite clearly spoke I think you'll find it's the same in every language, actually, John. I would think. Uh, Lynn says, read the Botox story. The daughter was quoted as saying, I can't think of anything worse than looking old. After looking at the photos of the mother, I can. I know the mother is really desperately unattractive, and that's after surgery. Dreadful. Uh, 84850. Steve at LBC. Dorman Dom is slowly drifting off to sleep this morning. That lovely. I think Matt... Bill's producer is also doing roughly the same. He's, uh, everybody's got this, it's a cold kind of thing that's doing the rounds at the moment, and everybody feels a bit sort of threatened. And all you, you ache. It's one of those achy kind of colds, which is shit. Every t- I have to laugh every time I open up the, um, the sun, and I look at pictures of uh, Ross Kemp. When he's sort of done up, I always think, he just looks camp, I'm afraid, when he's done up in combat. I remember when he did that programme on the television, which was about the SAS... And it, was, uh, it wasn't one of his, his documentaries. He was actually acting in it. And I remember thinking, he's the unfittest member of the SAS you've ever seen. He was fat, bloated. There was no way that he ever could have made it into the SAS. So I think to get round it, he's sort of hanging around with lots of butch men who do things. But he just, it just doesn't look right. I don't know what anybody... I know there's loads of DVDs and they sell very well. But frankly, between you, me and the gatepost, I wouldn't give you threepence. Uh, strange story, the woman of 83... Uh, who have kept her mother's body in the freezer for 20 years. That really does sort of beggar the question, you know, mum's gone to Iceland. Unfortunately, she has, and she's still there in the freezer. 20 years. You know that there is a woman in an undertaker in Chiswick, I think it is, and she's been there for donkey's years as well, and her two children visit her every week and put makeup on and everything else. And she, For some reason, she's not been buried. It was done on the television ages ago, and I can't remember why. Why she's not been buried. But uh, this particular one, she was worried her mother would be exposed because she was illegal. And I thought, well, if she's dead, it didn't make any difference, does it, really? And so she put her in the freezer. How you do that, I've got... It's a a case for Columbo, if you ask me. Uh, Mel Gibson and his girlfriend are expecting a child. This will be his eighth child. Eighth child, Mel Gibson. And a picture, for some reason, of Britain's Got Talent judge, Amanda Holden... I had to laugh. Somebody earlier on was saying, I went to see her in Thoroughly Modern Millie. Uh, I did as well. She was rubbish. They said she got a standing ovation on the first night. Everybody gets a standing ovation on the first night because on the first night of every show, it's all the backers and all the people who've worked on it. So automatically, it's a standing ovation. But for some reason, uh, she's bared all for a photo shoot without any makeup to prove she's not had cosmetic surgery. Amanda, you're assuming we all give her aren't you? We don't really care, actually. We know you've had Botox. Exactly. It doesn't prove anything, as far as I'm concerned. But I'm, I'm not interested. We know what you look like, dear, with or without makeup. Doesn't make any difference to me. I couldn't care less. But you've had Botox, and that you've admitted to. She said, so I want to, um, to show people I've not had surgery. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares, lovey? You really need to get a grip on yourself. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, Shaheen was through to Saturday's final after belting out, and I'm telling you, Amanda Holden said his performance was better than Tom Jones. Also, Stavros Flatley. They've now started insulting the entire Greek nation by uh, dressing up in the national costume and dancing around like idiots on the stage. They're not going to go through much further. It's quite sweet, but this, this child is almost clinically obese, I'm afraid, at 12 years old. He's far too fat to have his shirt off. Far too fat. But, uh, and the singing pizza delivery man, Jamie, out. What a shame, Jamie. All those unkind things you said about your job. You know, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be this. I want to sing and all the rest of it. He's now going to have hypnosis to conquer his fears after crashing out of Britain's Got Talent. I don't think actually that's going to help at all. I really don't. I mean, it's very sweet, but I suggest you just carry on 
delivering pizzas, okay? Some people make it, some people don't. You had a stab at it, and you didn't. So, uh, end of story. Mm. Oh, something nice about water in the morning. Getting through my quota of water for the day. In fact, I'm hoping to uh, to get through a lot of water today on the programme. Uh, another one here. Um, Johnny says, caught the last five minutes of a tribute show to Jade Goody. The one statement that rings true is, in collusion with certain elements of the media, a person with no talent can make money and become a minor star. I presume stage schools will become a thing of the past, with Britain's Got Talent contriving to represent the best. We have to reach rock bottom before we all wake up and say, quality, not quantity. In the meantime, we only have Peter Kay to save us with his dig at the industry. Johnny of Brixton, shortlisted for Big Brother and any other form of cheap publicity, become famous in 15 minutes. It's true, everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame now. People want to do it, don't they? Even people in this industry. They want to be famous. They want to be on television. I've never had any inkling or any interest, really, in being on television. I can't think of anything worse. Mainly because your your lack of privacy. You know, you're on television and all of a sudden people know who you are. Hate that idea. Absolutely hate it. Not my sort of thing at all. Go on television. Oh, here she... Oh, God. Good on you, eh, Dan? This is Danielle Lloyd, leaving hospital. Uh, with her boyfriend, Jamie, both of them wearing tracksuits. Really nice. Do you know, I talk your tracksuits. I did watch the Jeremy Kyle show this morning. Oh, actually, there's good news. ITV and Ofcom, sorry, Ofcom, have given permission for, I think, uh, Channel 4, ITV and Channel 5, overnight from midnight to 6, to run shopping channels. So I quite like that idea, because I quite like the shopping channels. It's certainly a lot better than those naff old quiz shows presented by a bunch of old dogs from up north. I mean, oh, dear, they're rough. Oh, my God. Get rid of the quiz shows on the television, because they're awful. And put in some shopping channels, because we like shopping. We like, And we also like doing the lottery. I don't know why they don't do the lottery overnight. You know, they're actually up, I think, £183 million on last year. That's how much more money we've pumped into the lottery. So another 26-plus million has gone to good causes. I don't know what good causes, but uh, good causes anyway. But I turned on the Jeremy um, Kyle show, and there they were, the uglies. They really are. I mean, you look at these girls. I say girls. They're sort of people sitting there in their tracksuits, grey tracksuits or pink tracksuits, with their hair scraped back, no makeup, big hoop earrings, ugly as sin, grateful to get that. Friday night uh, moment where somebody actually picks you up, you know, a bag of chips in one hand, knickers by your ankles, and they go home and they get pregnant and then they go, but I'm not even sure it's yours. And they sit there waiting for a, for a DNA test and you think, oh, who in their right mind would sleep with you? And then they bring him on. This morning it was a spotty 17-year-old who you wouldn't have slept with if he'd been the last person on a desert island. You'd have gone, you know, I tell you, I'll leave it if you don't mind. I'd rather do something. I tell you what, let's go dig for worms, okay? It's just anything apart from... And this girl's sitting there, and it turns out she's slept with half of the estate. And you look at it and you think, God, you're ugly. You really... You're ugly and abusing the privilege. It's just... just terrible. And they sit there on television. Why? Why would you want to expose yourself to the full glare of the media? People going, oh, you really are dreadful. I mean, some of them are actually on the show more than once. They've been back. He goes, well, you've been here before, haven't you? And she goes, yeah, we, we came back last time because like, he was like sleeping with me and sleeping with my sister. Then he slept with my mum. And then I think he slept with my dad as well. Because they're all like that. And Oh, dear, horrible. Horrible. Anyway, good news is that uh, Katie Price, otherwise known as, my God, you're getting old and geriatric looking very quickly. Um, uh, the, the gloves are really off now. He's definitely going through with the divorce. Go on. I'm waiting to see this one. I'm really waiting to see. I really want him to divorce her. I really do. She's so awful. She was going to appear on television this Friday 
Now we've had a statement saying uh, from her management, well, I don't know who her management is because uh, her last management uh, dropped her, so I don't know who she's with now, but anyway, uh, and they've said she's, uh, she's not doing it because um, she's not up to it. And I'm thinking, really? No, I think she's been told. I think somebody said to her, listen, you're going for a divorce and you're going to go on television, you're not articulate, you're a bit thick, and he's going to twist you in knots about this and you're not going to know anything at all. And it's going to ruin the chances of this thing. Best not to go on television. You've got, I want to go on television because I want to, like, put my side of the story. And they've said, no, you're not going on television. You're not going on television. In fact, it's even funny because on her Twitter webpage, Katie wrote, if you believe this or believe this not, I've done no interviews or comments. Nobody knows anything about us. But excuse me, uh, last week in OK magazine, Katie gave an interview. So either she's a compulsive liar, she's immensely stupid... Or somebody else is writing her Twitter. Because she can't... I don't think she's writing her own Twitter. I have done no interviews or comments. Nobody knows anything about us. But you did an interview with OK Magazine, dear. Do you not remember? It does sound a bit like her language. Eh? I, ain't, I ain't done no interviews, cos, like, you know... But she did one in, in OK Magazine. You were on the front page, Katie. Perhaps you can't remember. Perhaps you can't remember. Perhaps you are as stupid as we think you are. But, of course, you know that when you get on television, they're going to twist you in knots, so best to keep a low profile, dear. Why not get some gaffer tape, stick it over that ugly mouth of yours, and, uh, and that'll be fine. Then you won't need to swear, you won't need to be insulting, you won't need to do anything at all, although somebody's loomed up from the past, I'm afraid. Dane Bowers. Dane Bowers has loomed up and said that, in fact, he has had a night with Jordan. Now, well, I don't know how recently it is. He told cops he'd been with her after being nicked for suspected drink driving at 4am yesterday. The married former boy band, Hunk, says the troubled glamour girl could give him an alibi after a crash outside her mansion. His story will infuriate Jordan's estranged husband, Peter Andre. So, this, this, this gets more exciting by the minute. So, Dane Bowers, who's now 190, was with Jordan and says that she would give him an alibi. Oh, you remember, of course, it was Jordan and Dane Bowers who made that disgusting little film uh, where she then slagged him off afterwards. Perhaps he's got nobody else to go back to, poor soul. Perhaps he's had to go crawling back, going, listen, you know, I can really be your friend here. By the way, I've got a new album coming out, need some publicity. You know, I was, the only thing I was thinking of, but isn't that a twist? Isn't that a twist? And they've got Jordan wearing equally ludicrous glasses yesterday. Not a lot you can do. She's got no sense of fashion. What? No, this is red big glasses, but they look cheap and horrible. The trouble is, most things that Jordan wears end up looking cheap and horrible. She's never managed to wear anything that makes her look glamorous. It's a great shame, really. Great, great shame. So more on that coming up, and uh, more other stories to get you going this uh, Wednesday morning here on LBC 97.3. This is LBC 97.3. Fly with British Airways from London City Airport, where check-in can take as little as 15 minutes. LBC 97.3 gives you... LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 29 minutes to six is the time. Uh, from Sheila, no, from Sharon, I do beg your pardon. From Sharon, who says, fantastic show at Hornchurch. First time I've ever been, and it certainly won't be the last. Lost my husband two years ago, and uh, you've kind of kept me going through the bad times. Thank you. And she says, can I please have your blue sparkly jacket? 
There's, there's an, another load of those jackets which other people are aware of. She says, uh, I'm Sharon in Chessant, which is not in Essex, but I'm podcasting the show now at major expense, but worth it. So there you go. That's good news. And a lot of people were there for the first time. We had, uh, I think, when, when we did a, a show of hands, it turned out about two-thirds of the audience had never been to a show before. So perhaps we'll encourage you to come to another one, just so you can get to see all the jackets. Uh, Lily Allen has criticised Britain's Got Talent star Susan Boyle, calling her so overrated. Totally agree. Yes, I know. I, to be honest with you, I'm not big on, on Lily Allen either, really. You know, because I like, talk like this, and uh, I saw there was a thing on the other day, and they had... Oh, I, oh, I must have two things. I knew I was going to... Something I was going to remind you of. Um, there's a DJ called, I think, Mark Ronson, Oh, I think it's kind of big news. People are going, oh, he's, he's very famous, and he used to go out with this girl. And he's another one who can't string two words together. He was pictured on Channel 4 the other day, and they were doing all these songs and everything. And I'm thinking, God, you're not really that articulate, are you? And he couldn't stop fiddling with his cuffs. And then, on GMTV yesterday, they had this DJ talent. I don't want to be rude. Is he a bit simple? Because I was looking at this sort of bloke, and he was sitting there, and he was, like, talking like this, but he's not very articulate. And he lived with mummy and daddy. And he's wearing these clothes, which are... I mean, he's either very, very overweight, or he's just got no idea what to wear. And they were saying, how much have you spent on your teeth? And he's saying, because I, like, spent between, I think, seven to 10,000. And I'm thinking, you're a bit simple, aren't you? He's not all there. I don't think... Not surprised we kicked him off the programme. What an idiot. And Piers Morgan's, like, going to manage me. I'm thinking, yeah, right. Well, Piers Morgan's not an agent, so there's very little chance of that. It's just something people say. Oh, yes, I'd like to manage you. And then it gets kicked out, and you think, no, I don't think the public can take you. You're a little bit stupid, actually. Uh, 84850. Phil says, I think the reason Jordan pulled out was she heard your show and found out the truth about herself. Either that, or there's a brave soul who decided to say no to her. I think the uh, lawyer has said, do not. You're going to go through a divorce, and you're going to go on television and start discuss. What are you going to discuss? I don't know. Well, we, we can't risk it. You might jeopardise the divorce. He might end up with everything. You can imagine, can't you? And Jordan then saying, uh, I think I'll pull out of the show. Because Jordan, she can't wait for an opportunity to open her mouth because she thinks that she's got... But unfortunately, because now this is a, this is a little bit more serious. And, uh, and I bet they've said to her, no, of course you're not going on there. Definitely not. Definitely not. So anyway, just going back to Lily Allen. She says, although her timing was off on Sunday, no control. I don't think she has an amazing voice. She said, uh, she can sing, but it's not about talent with her, is it? Uh, she seems like a lovely lady, but if the show is about talent, then uh, Shaheen should win. So, but it certainly shouldn't be Susan Boyle, because the trouble is, but they've they've got a, they've got an orchestra booked, they've got the Prague Philharmonic or whatever it is booked over there, and they're going to have show tunes. She's already having singing lessons. You and I know she can't sing. All they've got to do is sell an album, and they've got nobody else on the show who has generated a hundred million hits on YouTube. It's, it's as simple as that. That's what they're doing it for. They need to sell about 50 million albums, which I reckon they will. It'll be Susan Boyle sings, and it'll be, it'll be songs from shows, and that'll be it. She'll never, never make it into a, into a West End show at all. Just, I just don't think she has the stamina. She certainly doesn't have the voice. Can you imagine going to see Michael Ball, and Michael Ball sings, you know, La, love change, changes everything. You'd, you'd go, excuse, I'm sorry, he can't sing. Whereas we know he can't. We like going to see John Barrowman. Everybody knows John can sing. And if he had an off night, he wouldn't, he wouldn't go in. They, they'd put in an understudy. And that would be the same with Susan Boyle. Uh, Steve, is Johnny of Brixton a real person? He's actually a cab driver. He's a black licensed cab driver. When I say black, that's the colour he is. And he also has a black cab as well. He's very fit 
and he writes a lot of emails. He's absolutely real, as far as I know. Uh, saying Susan Boyd is overrated is a bit of an understatement. The woman can't sing. I cringed when I heard her singing the other day. Claire in Epson says, I love your show. And uh, thanks to the staff at Tooting Hospital for looking after me. Which is quite nice. I like the idea that staff in hospital get mentioned on the, uh, the programme. Noreen says, uh, hope you're well. Had a restful day. It was actually quite restful. Did a walk to Richmond, saw Paula in Dickens and Jones, bumped into a lady walking alongside the street, went, hello, and I went, hello. My friend Graham said, who's that? I said, I don't know, but I just say hello to someone. If they say hello, I say hello back. Uh, you know the goss story? I told the goss story on uh, stage. No, the producer wasn't Giles, actually. It was not Giles who was the producer. <laughs> it was somebody else. <laughs> I shall spare their blushes. Popped into the pound shop to get Brian some sweets. The guy in front of us asked how much his purchase was. This isn't said... A pound. She said, the guy says, how much? And Noreen says, I would have thought the name of the shop being the pound shop was a bit of a clue. They have to say, have you noticed that for the people who shop in the pound shop, they have to say, every item, a pound. You know, no more, no less, it's a pound. And people say, how much is that? It's a pound. It's in the pound shop, that's why it's a pound. Ridiculous, isn't it? She said, lovely to hear Joanne Muffin's web the other day. I know. Poor old Joanne and her, her muffins, which is another story. Uh, Steve Hargrave will be with us later. I don't think we've got any music, though, today, because none of his links uh, are working at all, so it means there'll be more chance for chatting, which will be nice. Uh, Lindsay says, uh, thank you for a show yesterday, great show. I was uh, sitting behind your producer, and my mum was behind John. And she's got diabetes as well. She's on insulin. She wishes... She's had it for about uh, six years. She's up to 80 units a day. Uh uh, I took advice from the nurse, who I think advised me incorrectly. I only inject once a day now on the consultant's advice before I go to bed. Yeah, I do that as well. So I've noticed my stomach has got huge. I'm like you. Can't say no to all these delicious... Th That's fatal, isn't it? Absolutely fatal. Dreadful. I've switched from five-metre needles uh, in my stomach because it's too painful anywhere else. So I've switched from five to do it so it doesn't hurt so much. Yes, I'm doing uh, eight-millimetre needles. Not really much in it, to be honest with you. It's just... Ow! <laughs> I did it last night. <laughs> it always hurts. She says, um, uh, can I ask you a question? I took my son to Covent Garden today to try and get him a snazzy black shirt for the finals of YMOTY in July, because he's the magician I sent you the clip about. I've searched all over and can't find anything. I also couldn't find anything. i tell you what, what you're looking for. What you're looking for is a black shirt shot through with silver, aren't you? I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. it. Absolutely ridiculous. So I don't know why. So anybody else tell me where you can buy black shirts, long-sleeved, Shot through with silver, so show shirts. I've seen them at some magic conventions, but where you get them on the high street, I've got no idea, Lindsay. So if anybody can help us out on that. Black shirts, shot through with silver, sort of like, you know, showbiz kind of uh, shirts. OK? So 84850, uk, And um, another one here. Wait a minute, very quickly. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure about the horse racing today. We've all got a bit pear-shaped, <laughs> as per usual. And the good news is, remember I told you about the British Musical Society exhibition down at uh, the Sands Film Studios? Well, they've extended it by another week. Another week. Due to the uh, popularity and the success of it, they've decided to go another week. So that's very, very good news. Very, very good news there. So uh, I refer to my previous programmes, so you can check on Sands Film Studios down in Rotherhithe. Check them out on the, uh, on the internet, just put, put them in on Google, it'll give you the address, and it'll be very, very nice indeed. Yeah, we could do Friday. What do you want, Nathan, Friday? Oh, did we not do him yesterday? We didn't, did we? 
Oh, dear. What we spoke, when are we supposed to do Nathan? Thursday. When do we do Nathan? We do him... Do we do Nathan Tuesday or do we do him Thursday? I thought we'd do Nathan... No, we don't. We do him Thursday. God, blimey, honestly, it's hopeless, isn't it? Nobody's got a clue at the moment. We do Nathan Thursday. But he's away tomorrow, so we'll have to do him on Friday, I think. We'll do him on Friday. We'll, we'll squeeze him in on Friday, just in case anybody wants to worry about what the weather's like. Um, Lynn reckons that it was uh, the presenter of the programme who decided to drop Jordan. No, no, in fact, well, I'm, I know it's funny to say that, but I reckon it would have done wonders for his ratings, because people would be watching. They absolutely would be watching, just to find out what she's got to say. But, as you know, it's, it would jeopardise. You can't go on there without having the other person on and start talking about your relationship. Just ridiculous. Do you know there are less millionaires in this country? There's only 242,000 millionaires now. That's dropped down considerably, because they say people have lost it on, uh, on property and, uh, and things like that. Uh, Daily Star today... I mentioned there's a rather stupid-looking creature in the paper. I've got no idea who he is, called Billy Barty. Billy... Who's that? What an ugly child he is. Billy Barty. (gasps) Oh, wasn't he in Big Brother? Oh, right. He was that one that went in Big Brother and then got voted out straight away. And it was his ambition to be in Big Brother. Oh, that's right. He's the the one who's not all there upstairs. That's That's right. Well, he's actually uh, said that he's had a ten-month cyber affair with Jordan. Stupid child. And uh, he's, he's been dubbed Billy Liar by everybody because he just tells lies, I'm afraid. What a, perhaps he's a bit cracked upstairs. Perhaps he's not all there. Poor Billy Barty. But he's uh, released a shocking one-minute home video, which he says shows, and I can't uh, discuss it on this programme. Um, he ca- claims to have dated Jordan's sister. Oof, dear, she must be desperate. These sort of poor little... Wa- anyway, you've had your five seconds now, matey. You've had your five seconds. Off you go. Uh, the video, actually, is an old one. An old one. Oh, dear me, talking of old. Do you remember the two women? Uh, this is Leanne Connor and Lynette York t- caused mayhem on a jet by trying to open the door. They were drunk. They've called them women. Uh, I think they're bad drag, to be honest with you, looking at the picture of them here. The vodka-swigging pair, you know, tattoos. In fact, prime candidates for the Jeremy Kyle show. And these are friends, but they've, they've said women. Not exactly sure about that. They've now been rearrested on suspicion of being drunk. That's good news. George Lamb is going to get stuck into Big Brother's Little Brother this year. So it's uh, Dermot O'Leary who's been shunted, or perhaps he's, he's quit to do something else, and now you've got George Lamb. I don't know, Channel 4 can't find presenters, can they? I'd, to be honest with you, I'm not actually that bothered about Big Brother at all at the moment. I really couldn't care less. If they're all a bit like Billy Barty... Do you remember the... We've seen some real mental ones in there. People who are just so so not in the real world. It's I find it all a little bit worrying, I'm afraid. Uh, here's uh, good Lord Natalie, Natalie Cassidy trying to uh, mount a horse. Quite a funny thing to watch, actually. Poor old Natalie, and um, good for her. I think she's obviously trying. She's getting a leg over here, and she's uh, she's obviously following Katie Price's advice because she's had her assets moved up to a 36D, and uh, and now she's doing riding lessons. So that that's great, Natalie. Wholly inappropriate outfit, of course, wearing for uh, for riding lessons, <laughs> but. Perhaps she could hang around with Peter Andre. No, actually, Peter Andre sharing the bedroom. Sorry, sharing the house of uh, of his agent, who used to be Katie's agent as well. But luckily, she's taken him in. Is she married? I don't know. I have to find out about that. Well, I'm not sure. Is she married? But and it, she was. Oh, right. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> somebody says when you do your show in Hornchurch, are there good prizes in the bingo? 
Absolutely. You wouldn't believe the prizes we had this time. Programmes and badges and, oh, dear, any manner of wonderful things. Key rings and bottle openers and mirrors and fridge magnets. All for free and all for everybody who was there. It was that good. It was that good. Listen, we'll take a short break for the news. Did I mention such good news that Danielle Lloyd's out of hospital? After that emergency, life-saving surgery, she could have lost a leg. And I, I sent flowers, actually. But I have a feeling now, looking at the, uh, at the hospital... I think I sent them to the wrong hospital. Oh, well, somebody else would have got the benefit. But at least she's out. So that's great news for everybody, because I think the world of glamour modelling would be a, a much, uh, much less interesting place if old Dan wasn't there to, uh, to amuse us with her breasts. Quarter to six. An LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 13 minutes to six. Joining Nick Ferrari after the news at seven this morning. Associate editor of the Daily Mirror, Kevin Maguire, is in. Uh, plus, they're going to be talking to Yasmin Khan. Has she got the overall monopoly on the breakfast show, Yasmin Khan? She, every time I open up the things, Yasmin Khan's popped in again. Uh, plus, also, Michael Winner afforded the double of UK billionaires, which is great, actually, because all of Michael Winner's money came from his father. I believe, who was uh, a probably... Can't have come from those films. He can't have made anything from Death Wish, surely. And I don't know anybody who's ever seen it. So I can only assume it must have come from his father's business. And I think he was uh, an estate agent or say he was in property or something like that. But he's got a very big house with a lot of phones everywhere. <laughs> he famously walked out of LBC years ago. He came in, and I think he was being interviewed by Peter Dealey, and he came in and they said, well, we'd just like to have a seat there. Peter will be with you in a minute. I want to do it now. He said, well, you can't do it now. We're not, not right, right ready for it. So he walked out, got in his car and went off. And then, strangely enough, I was sitting next to Michael Winner in a traffic jam at Piccadilly Circus about a year ago. And I remember I was, I was, looking, I was sitting in my car, which actually had just been valeted and it looked really shiny, and his car, and I, I pointed it and went, rust on the window. <laughs> Made me feel a lot better about life. <laughs> I don't think he saw the joke, but anyway. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. More under Julie Kirk, more on uh, Julie Kirkbride in the paper as well. Under pressure to face her constituents. They're really, it's not going well, is it, here? Uh, a £12,000 secretary, Julie's, is her sister, who lives 140 miles away. It's getting more crooked by the day. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The trouble is, it's all legal. It's all legal. Her sister is uh, Karen Ledley. And uh, Julie Kirkbride now faces this public execution. Uh, the Tory MP paid her sister £12,000 a year from public funds to be an executive secretary. It's just snouts in the trough and you've got the whole family involved in it, haven't you? It is terrible. Although, uh, last night, a man thought to be Mrs Ledley's husband answered the door to the uh, couple's large detached property in a cul-de-sac. The man, who wouldn't give his name, but was aged in his 50s, said that Miss Kirkbride's sister would not be talking to the press. He said, she's not available, she's not here, and even if she was, she'd have no comment. They're so stuck up, these people, aren't they? Excuse me, you know, why, why can you not just answer questions normally? You know, she's been getting 12,000 a year. What sort of work has she been doing for that? She's not saying... Well, come on, tell us what... She's not saying anything. Well, she will, because they'll be sitting outside your house, finding out about it. The one thing you don't upset... You see, it's so much easier when you deal with the press, is just to say, OK, this, this and this. Because if, if, if you don't say it, they'll hound you forever and a day. And every time you open the door, there'll be somebody standing going, click, 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 click. So can you tell us about this? And they shut the door again. Terrible, really, isn't it? Terrible. But we have to know these things. We have to know. Uh, California... I've got a ban on gay marriages. Uh, in California, they don't want gay marriages. Yeah, I would have thought California was hugely gay. But apparently, California's top court last night backed the will of the people and banned gay marriages. The ruling upholding the result of a statewide referendum came as a major blow to the state's reputation as a liberal trendsetter. 
Supreme Court judges decided by a six-to-one majority to endorse the result of November's vote in favour of a law recommending marriages being only between a man and a woman. And who's their governor? It's old Arnie Schwarzenegger. Old Arnie Schwarzenegger obviously doesn't like gays, I'm afraid. So I suggest people just hold hands and uh, stand outside his house and wave. That'd be quite funny, wouldn't it? I just realised my television's gone off in here. It's a bit bizarre, isn't it? And the television's just gone off. Oh, there, it's come back on again. Oh, there's a ghost in this building. There's a ghost. They went off, then they came back on again. So Arnie Schwarzenegger... There used to be a woman in California, and her name was Anita Bryant. And Anita Bryant was, uh, was a rather vile creature. She was known as the Orange Juice Queen. And uh, she used to advertise orange juice on television. She was very famous. Unfortunately, she was a rampant homophobe. And uh, she got her, her comeuppance. She thought she was being terribly clever. She had uh, T-shirts printed with, uh, I think on the front of them, if I remember correctly, and you'll have to excuse the language, Killer Queer for Christ. And uh, people went round, her little supporters, generally mentally ill people, uh, with these on. Unfortunately, it backfired. She was dropped immediately from any television. Her entire career collapsed, and, uh, and I think that was the end of her. A rather stupid woman, if you ask me. Equally as stupid as Arnold Schwarzenegger. These people, honestly, I can't bear actors who then go into politics. We don't want uh, these homosexual people here. And yet so many within his business, of course, are residing in California. It must be a nightmare in California. A veritable fairyland. Perhaps you could move into Old Arnie and sort of move, move next door to the house. That'd be quite funny. Oh, Emma Watson is having a very daring photo shoot here. This is Emma Watson, who I think is possibly one of the late... Do you know, I watched Coronation Street the other night, and there was a woman acting... Well, I assumed it was acting. And she was talking to the woman who runs the minicab firm. And it was the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. Even I thought it was bad. She she was talking like, you know, we've got to do this kind of thing. It's like watching Quincy. You've watched Quincy. Oh, Jack Klugman's acting was just appalling. It was, he was the same everywhere. Everything was shouting. It's like watching Melanie Sykes trying to present loose women. It's all shouting because she's forgotten that she's mic'd up and it's television. And it's really difficult. And they had this, this woman and she was sort of discussing. And it was just cod acting. I've seen better in the local scout hall. It was just appalling. And now Emily Watson, who is about as wooden as Sherwood Forest in Harry Potter. She's apparently uh, something in America, and she's done a daring photo shoot. She's wearing uh, an ethereal Alexander McQueen bodice-style top and revealing Vivian Westwood shirt. Why is it people feel the the necessity to do revealing photo shoots. What is the purpose of it? Is it because, I mean, she apparently, is, in, in one of them, she appears as a ghostly-looking nun. She doesn't look at all. She looks like a bloke. Looks like a bloke with a wimple on, which isn't very exciting. But uh, the photos were taken uh, by the French fashion magazine Crash by Chanel designer Karl Lagerfeld. The 19-year-old Harry Potter star agreed to the shoot after meeting him at a party. Can hardly say no, can you really? Karl Lagerfeld said, you want to have uh, pictures taken? Yes, OK, we do take pictures of you. So they have pictures taken. And the rest, you know, is, is in, you know, just appears in a paper. But, I mean, really, it's not very exciting. People have to take their, their sort of clothes off for photo shoots. Not my idea of fun at all. I like the idea of a hospital security guard who's resigned in protest over having to charge distressed patients to park their cars. This woman here, Vicky Wynne, was disciplined for letting cars out without paying because drivers didn't have enough change. They have to go through a barrier at Basildon Hospital. And she was like, no, go through, go on, go through. So, that, so she's had to resign which is a shame, because th- this car park, the Essex Trust that run it, uh, it cost £8 million, and they make a £1 million in, in, in a year each from parking. So that's a lot of money coming back in again, just from parking. And so she, she was letting people off. She was just, oh, go on, go through, go through, as you would. So she's resigned in protest. Good for her. I quite like that idea. Have you seen the cost of parking now? You have to... When I was in hospital, 
and somebody had to come and collect me. You have to literally put the car, put money in, then rush in as quick as possible, get the patient out, get them into the car, you know. And if you're connected up to machines or anything like that, there's no chance of running anywhere. So you, you have to do it, because otherwise there's people standing there, they put a ticket on your car. And it's, it's very annoying. It should be illegal. I think you should better park free at hospitals. I, th- I can't see it. You know, you're, you're going to visit somebody and you come out and you say, some terrorists are just visiting somebody and they just died, OK? Well, you've got a ticket anyway. And you think, well, it's just not right. It's just not right at all. Jamie Oliver's house is being extended. He's decided to build a super house. Well, actually, what he's done is he bought the house next door in Primrose Hill and they're going to uh, sort of knock it through. And it's going to end up with something like 13 bedrooms. No, it's got 19 rooms in the house. There's only him, his wife and they, the children... Poppy and Daisy, and that's it. Four of them. Why well, you need 19 rooms? Have they got another one as well? Oh, good grief. He's also... They're going to spend half a million quid. Doing the, actually, half a million quid is nothing on a house. There's a piece on parties in one of the papers today. Parties for children. And one particular company, for a 16-year-old's birthday, was given a budget of half a million pounds. Half a million pounds for a birthday party. God, in my day, you could do it for, you know, jelly and ice cream, a magician... Uh, and that was about it. And people went home with a, with a party bag. Half a million quid. Some of them are so extravagant, you cannot imagine what sort of child would benefit from this. It, it's absolutely unbelievable. So we'll tell you about that. The other side of the news, which is coming up very shortly, just in case. Um, another one here. Butler and Wilson in South Moulton Street, says Flora. Uh, might have shirts like that. Not really sure. I know, it's very difficult to find these sort of shirts. I think they're mainly show-busy type shirts. I'm sure Mr Eddie could probably make something like that, but it's, it's a bit expensive for just a one-off. Because I also tried to find a shirt shot through with silver for the, uh, the show at Hornchurch, and I couldn't find one either, so I just bought Marks and Spencer's black shirts, which were only £8.50 each. I suppose, in theory, you could sort of sprinkle glitter over them, but it's going to make an awful lot of mess everywhere, isn't it? Uh, a lot of you interested... Oh, on, on the subject of shirts, uh, Oswald Boateng says Angela. Uh, they will be off the... Pe- they, I bet they're going to be terribly expensive from Oswald Boateng. I mean, they, they sound lovely, but I bet you anything it'll be setting you back 100 and something pounds for a shirt. It's only for, it's only for a, a, a young lad, so he can do his, uh, his magic. Uh, Steve, I never watched Britain's Got Talent until I switched over yesterday and heard what I thought was a cat being tortured. I shall not be watching again. Do you know, strange enough, 14 and a half million people watched it. 14 and a half million people. Huge audiences. Uh, Dawn says, I agree with you about Susan Boyle. I don't think she's a great singer either. I don't want her to win. I'd like to see someone other than a singer win. Tried my luck at two more gig competitions. Had a go at that one for the Pet Shop Boys, which Steve mentioned on the show last week. Also had a go at winning tickets to see Paolo Nottini at the iTunes Festival. Would be great to win, but I don't want to win because both gigs are on the 12th of July. I'm pushing my luck, but Steve Hargrave uh, will be on today. He's at Glastonbury now, isn't he? Is he at Glastonbury? No, no, he's not. No, he's, he's, at, he's, he's at home, I think. As far as we know. As far as I know. Uh, one here, Midge. Say, uh, Britain's got talent. What talent? What talent. Funny, though, to hear Lily Allen criticising Susan Boyle. I wonder what makes Lily Allen think she's qualified to judge who's got talent. Because on the very same token, I don't think Miss Allen is very talentless. Is very talented, sorry. She's selling albums, but that's a completely different story. Uh, I hope... I know you're never wrong, but I think you're wrong on Katie Price pulling out the interview. She says, it's not her people who advise her, but rather she's listened to the great Steve Allen. You're probably right, actually. Katie Price always listens to this show. Oh, no. Oh, it's another... Oh, oh, it's another minute. Oh, good Lord, I can't even read my clock now. Oh, right. 
Oh, God, it's, I can't even read the clock this morning. There's panic. Everybody going, what time is it? What time is it? I don't know. What time? So, happy 36th to John. Oh, actually, we've got another birthday to celebrate as well, which we'll do later on. I should have done it yesterday, and I completely forgot. Unfortunately, it was, uh, it was Francesca's birthday yesterday. I think she was 11. And lots of love from Marilyn and Michael. And uh, they must be grandparents to Francesca. So, many happy returns of the day. <gasps> Honestly, I'm hopeless. I put these things to one side. I think I must remember to do somebody's birthday. And Francesca, I forgot all about your birthday. And 11 years old, you need to be reminded that when you're 11, you've got a lot of years in front of you. So many happy returns of yesterday. And I apologise for being absolutely so awful and, uh, and omitting you from the programme. So I hope I've, uh, I've, put it, I've put it right now. Well, I hope so. And it's here on LBC as well. LBC 97.3 with The Rough Guide to Girl Stuff, the hilarious and frank new book from mum, author and parenting expert Kaz Cook, is giving you the chance to win a treatment at the Lush Spa Rooms, if you can guess the celebrity mother and daughter. For your chance to win, listen to Jenny Barnett this Friday afternoon from 1, with The Rough Guide to Girl Stuff. Perfect for a teen girl you know to ensure she has the most exciting, trouble-free time as a teenager. LBC 97.3 Morning, everybody. Uh, seven minutes past six. Nice to have your company. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Lorraine says, if you go into any haberdashers in a department store or the art shops, you can buy glitter glue pens for fabric, and it's washable. So that could be an idea, Lindsay, isn't it? You could write his name in, you know, across the front of the shirt or the back of the shirt. So just buy a plain black shirt and then put some, some glitter pen on it, which could be quite good. Uh, another one here. Apparently, Steve Clare in Tooting Hospital costs £4 for two hours there. Grief. And Chelsea and Westminster Hospital car park is extortionate, and they rent half of it out to the Chelsea football ground to make even more money. It's wrong. It is terrible. It's, you know, the, the amount of money these hospital car parks raise in, it, it's j- j- rake in. It's just awful, isn't it? Absolutely awful. Anyway, uh, I must mention very quickly, because he always writes uh, a good book, Patrick Newley has a new book out. He was the one who wrote uh, a great book on Mrs Shufflewick. A short while ago. His latest is called The Life of Douglas Bing, Bawdy But British. Uh, Douglas Bing was one of the most redoubtable entertainers of the 20th century, celebrated especially for his outrageous comedy songs and risque female characters. And uh, he got a great write-up in The Telegraph. It's a great little book for people in, in showbiz. You know, you would love this book. If you like the, uh, the other books that Patrick Newley has done. This one is definitely for you. He did The uh, Amazing Mrs Shufflewick, Life of Rex Jameson, and then You Lucky People, which was the Tommy Trinder story. So uh, probably both, I should imagine, residing on Roy Hudd's bookshelf at the moment. But Patrick Newley's latest, The Life of Douglas Bing, is published by Third Age Press. They've got a website, thirdagepress.co.uk. They're based here in London, in South West 19, and I'm sure you can get it, uh, get it from them. But it's really good, so... Uh, just look forward to ploughing through that later, and you can learn about the bawdy Douglas Bing, who I think died at the age of 94. 90, he said, God always said to me, he said that I, I went to, a, I think it was a fortune teller, and they actually said at the end of my life, you know, you, you will, you'll have great, great success, you will, you'll keep working, your career will go on for years, you'll have your name in lights, but there was a price. You'll have hideous old age and a terrible end in pain. So there you go. Terrible. End. Oh, the TV screen. Oh, dear, acupuncture. Don't... The old, is it the old, oh right, acupuncture, that's what I look like actually, lovely. I've never been into acupuncture at all, I've looked at acupuncture before and I've never, I've never quite fancied the idea of sticking needles in, doesn't, well, I'm, even though I do it, even though I do it, <laughs> 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Susan Spence, good morning. 
Good morning. How are you? I'm very good indeed. I'm looking out the window and thinking, you know, it doesn't look as bright as it did a few days ago. Yesterday looked decidedly dark and, and lugubrious, I'm afraid, around here. Very, very uninteresting. Yeah, um, but then it brightened up a little bit, didn't it? it did, well, by the afternoon, the it did. Yeah. It did, So absolutely. maybe it'll do that today. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I live in hope. It does, look a, it does look a bit dark, it has to be said. For the, some of the mornings that I've sat here at this time, it, it does look uh, a little bit overcast, but I think it's one of those mornings where it will lift. Oh, I hope to goodness it doesn't rain late. I can do without it rain. That's worse for me. If, if it starts raining now, because today I didn't bring a brolly. Yesterday I did, and luckily need it when I walk out the, uh, the door. Today I didn't bring a brolly, and I bet you anything, I'm going to get a soaking on the way back. Yeah, sod's law, mind. isn't it? I don't mind. <laughs> anyway, sod's law. Uh, right, yeah. onwards and upwards. Mm. Should we start with... <laughs> let's start with Coronation Street, actually, oh, because... Let's. <laughs> because um, there's, they're mucked to schedule about with Cory, so anybody who's a fan and is getting a bit lost, um, we had an episode last night, Tuesday, which we never have, uh, but that's because there isn't one tonight, because there's the big football match going on, which, of course, the Champions League final, so that's going to be an ITV one tonight. Um, and then, just to confuse us even more, um, we've got an episode on Thursday night um, instead of two on Friday, because, of course, I know you're watching it, um, the Britain's uh, Got Talent uh, semi-finals or Why finals, can't it be on earlier? <laughs> oh, it's too late for me. Are you having to stay up? No, I can't. I have to wait. I have to wait till the next day. Oh, to fight. Are you recording it and watching it or just reading mm. it in the papers? Well, I'm just sort of reading about it in the papers, really. Oh, right. Well, you'll be able to watch it on Friday night, won't you? Because you don't have to go up Saturday morning. That's true. But, but the trouble is, by the time it gets to Friday night, sometimes by 8.30, I'm, I'm dying on my legs, me. <laughs> so I'm determined this Friday, because I'm assuming Friday is the final final, because they've dragged it out all week. So then well, we discover... Who, yeah, who, then you, you, you discover... I just had to have a look, actually, because there is... I thought Friday was just a semi-final. Is it the big final? I'm is it? Oh, sure probably not. Surely they would save the big final for, for yes, 9.30 on Saturday right. is Britain's Got Talent, um, Ooh, the final result. But 6.45 is the final, so oh, you'll be fine. Yeah, I, I should, yes, I should be all right. A little bit on Friday and then you'll get, they can nestle down and, and watch the, um... Nestle and watch down? All of it. Yeah, nestle and down? Can, you can nestle down <laughs> in old Twickers watching <laughs> Britain's Got Talent. You can shout at the television when they're on. Everybody will be watching. It'll, it'll get a huge amount and it'll be... Um, so, presumably, by the time we get to the final, there'll be how many people battling it out? Oh, I don't know, because you know me, I've not been watching it. I refuse to watch that programme. I don't like it at all. Oh, I, I, I love think, it. I, yeah, I know. I mean, I must be the only person who's not watching it. I mean, I know that Susan Boyle is meant to be the oh, outright oh. Um, favourite. Oh, um, with Susan But Boyle. I just haven't, I haven't been watching it. It's not my bag at all. I love the... You know, the X Factor and, and all of that kind of thing. But I just couldn't get into Britain's Got Talent at all. Mm. I think it's because it's all the variety that's there. I just prefer the singing. I don't go for the other kind of acts. I've not really gotten into well, it. Well, I'm trying to think um, what, what the Queen would want to see. And to be honest with you, I should imagine she just wants something <laughs> short so she can get out and have a yeah. box of peppermint creams. I shouldn't imagine she's remotely interested in any of these people. Yeah, I, I think I think that, I think that's, that's probably true. Although, I mean... Has Susan Boyle got the voice that they all say that she has? Is that true? That um, I don't think she has. I mean, and, and I I speak only as somebody who goes to theatre a fair amount of time. I know a lot of singers, and I've heard professional yeah. singers over years and years, and I don't think she's got it. The trouble is on the Royal Variety, what they do is they'll record her for the rehearsal, and then she'll it'll be uh, done for the programme. If the rehearsal is actually better then that's the one that you'll be seeing on the television. They'll just slot it in. So if she's not particularly no. good on... Oh, yeah. 
Oh, oh yes, but the time we actually uh, last last year last year or the year before we had meatloaf on. Unfortunately, the performance that we witnessed was not the one that went on the television. Oh, that's just such a cop out, isn't it? Well, it's it? not. It's it's to show them to their to their best advantage and to show them you know the best side. If, if somebody comes on and doesn't sing very well, then that's why they always record the first one. In case they're oh, better, and I think Meatloaf was much better at the first... By the time we got to the actual show, I thought he was well the worst for wear, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, I, think, I think I remember that word, I actually. Remember. I think he was. But, I mean, <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed to rely on the fact that they're, they could be worse for wear because they've got one in the can already. Mm. Oh, that's awful. awful. Well, not really, because it, it's... I mean, the, we have to sit in the theatre and endure some of these ghastly acts. Yeah, but one would think that if you get to that level of meatloaf, that you should perform at the same level time and time again. Yeah, I mean, I know they, it would be they don't. Off day, they don't. But... And also, that, that you have to think the Queen's sitting there. Um, some of the acts on Britain's <laughs> Got Talent are very nice for the end of the pier at South End or a yeah. local sort of Butlins holiday camp where somebody gets up on stage and we go, "You're very funny." You should be on the television. Then when you see them with professional people, it shows them up for what they are, which is rank amateurs. Well, that's probably true, yes, that is probably true. But, um, no, I'll probably be the only one on Saturday night who's actually watching something else on the television. Uh, because it's just not just not my bag at all. I'll be glad when all the hype's over from it, actually. Well, it, it is hype, but then, of course, next year there'll be another one. So by the time you get, and I've, I've predicted before, Susan, uh, Susan Spence, Susan Boyle <laughs> will have an album out, and then by next year we'll be thinking about the next programme, and Susan Boyle will be forgotten about. Yeah, oh yeah, but that's what happens, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we just don't hear any of these people anymore. And all of a sudden, I mean, who was that? I was reading one of the girls that was on The X Factor who came near to winning um, the Spanish-Portuguese girl uh, is now um, performing in uh, in Butlins and with, um, you know, with your mate Egon. Um, Egon? So Oh, remember Egon Quinn? You always oh, called do. Egon. Do you know, strange enough, oh, oh, Egon. Oh, he's, uh, he's Yo, also... Egon, you called him. I thought you called him Egon. Egon. He, he's also <laughs> touring Egon with Quinn. Westlife, I think. Oh, well, then he's done better, but he's, he's, also, on the bill for, he's on the, also on the bill for Butlins. And I, I saw this in the Sunday papers um, the other day, and I thought, how bizarre this girl was, like, tipped for huge things. Yes, I know. Um, I mean, I know a lot of careers started in Butlins and places like but... that, and, and, you know, it shouldn't be knocked, but still, not oh. what we expected. No. I mean, let's face it, our very own Shane Ritchie started as a, as a red coat or a blue coat, one of those. Look how but far he's actually gone. Well, that's in the days, though, that, that the Butlins did something, didn't yes, it? Now, yes. now it's all kind of changed. People do it through these shows, don't they? They don't actually come up through Butlins and, and Pontons and the like. Listen, I have to take a break. I have to go. I have to go. Yes, no, that's OK. That's we didn't do. get any subs, but never mind. We didn't. Listen, it'll be on the website, <laughs> won't it? Yes, it will be, yes. All right, yes. Susan, nice to talk to you. You too. Bye, Good day. Bye. Lovely Susan Spence. It's terrible, isn't it? You start gossiping about things. It's like standing with a pint in one hand. Not me, her. 16 minutes past six. 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome along to the programme. Actually, just going back briefly, and if you're listening to this programme on podcast, which I hope many of you are, uh, you'll remember the Dane Bowers story, which we uh, talked about. He was uh, arrested the other day. They, the, the police are saying that the car was crashed. He was in, but it was very near Jordan's mansion. Although Jordan's house is not a mansion, I'm afraid. I've seen it. It's really not a mansion. But it's not the first time that uh, poor Mr Bowers has been uh, done for drink driving. 2004, he was banned for 16 months. But he and a pal were freed the other day. But uh, And you look at a picture in the sun today of uh, Dane cozying up to Jordan in 2000. And by golly, she's aged badly in those uh, years. She used to be actually quite sort of, quite interesting. But uh, now, hard-bitten, I'm afraid. And is now not going to be on the television this Friday. So pulled out because she, she's not up to it. Well, as anybody will tell you, uh, somebody must have told her, do not go on that. Probably this programme, I shouldn't wonder. Anyway, Steve Hargrave finger on the Good pulse morning. of everything. Good morning. How are you? You're not at, you're not at, at Glastonbury, are you? 
No, 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 no. That was yesterday. Oh, that was yesterday, Glastonbury. Yeah, we, we just popped down for a day to go and say hello to Michael Evers. Oh, as you do. About the lineup and stuff yesterday. Good lineup, isn't it? It is really good. I know we, we've kind of mentioned it before. I mean, that was, that was a weird thing yesterday. Everyone was going, oh, the lineup's been released. And like, well, we kind of have been talking about it for months anyway. Yes. You know, it wasn't a great surprise, but yeah, I, yeah, I won't complain. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Great. The boss. He's <laughs> <laughs> so good. He's so good. Just got to get an interview with him now, and then that'll be my life complete. Yeah. You'll get, what what would be the first question you'd ask him? Oh, uh, can I be you? Can I be your son? Oh, really? oh right. You're a big fan, are you? <laughs> yeah, he's great. Oh, wow. I started off ironically appreciating Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Me and my mate, kind of, the whole born in the USA kind of, just in the air, Born in the USA. Jeans and white T-shirt. But then I kind of realised that the music is actually quite good. Yeah. But you've never actually done jeans and white T-shirt, that sort of look, have you? Uh, only in a, in a Bruce moment at home. Yeah. Do you stand in front of the mirror with a hairbrush? Have you seen that? Oh, uh, I've got the webcam on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The webcam. I saw you on the webcam. I forget <laughs> that. I've had to turn mine off for legal reasons. But anyway, now, sadly, we have no music today, Steve. Yes, I know. The, uh, sounds like a, the computer has a, some sort of failure end. Yes. It? Well, whether it's our, our computer or your links or... It might be it's our computer. It's not me! Don't Stop start. blaming Don't me! Don't start, all right? You think it was some sort of plan so I could just talk more? Yeah. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Like, you just sort of prove with Susan, though, wasn't it? It's that... Just talk. You don't, you don't need, actually, to do any soaps or music. Just no, talk. you're right, actually. Talk about it. That's what it is. Britain's got talent. You can just talk and talk about that quite easily. Uh, I, I, well, I must mention... Uh, mainly for the reason that he's actually uh, pulled out again, Morrissey. Where are we up to with Morrissey's illness? Well, we don't really know where we stand this week. He's maybe playing some gigs this week. Mm. Um, but, but he cancelled the Troxy gig. And he cancelled a few in, I think, Salisbury cancelled one last week as well. Yeah. Then he popped up and played his 50th birthday in Manchester. And then he sort of seems to have cancelled again, so... We don't know, to be honest, if you have tickets for this week for Morrissey, whether or not it's going to happen in town this weekend. Um, but yeah, we don't even know what it is. Throat in, some sort of throat infection type thing. Poor soul. Just, just throwing him off kilter. It does happen. The, the, the nothing worse. that you, you, you book yourself into somewhere and there's no accounting for it. It could be nerves, could be all sorts of things. Yeah, it was only because he popped up and did his, his uh, birthday gig and then disappeared again. Yeah. And people were a bit like... How old is he, 50? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Is it, but there are an awful lot of gigs around, but the other thing is there's a free iTunes gig. Yeah, this, this is quite good, actually. Franz Ferdinand, uh, Oasis, Kasabian, Snow Patrol, Paolo Nutini are all doing a free iTunes gig. It's obviously just big promotion for iTunes. Not that it needs promotion, because it's all right. It's doing okay. Mm. Um, but basically it means you can go see a gig free at the Roundhouse in Camden. Nice. All through July, there's loads of stuff going on, and you have to register. I think a lot of them are going to be doing this through Facebook. You just go and register, and I guess it's so that they can have your, your Facebook account and you've signed up as a fan or something and they can send you things. But yeah. basically do it, see if you get a ticket, and then take them off as your friend or something if you don't yeah. want to. All this stuff sent to you, but you get to go and see a free gig. It's not Come bad, is it? It's not bad no. at all. Considering how much gigs cost these days. 
How much do you get? Well, to be honest with you, I keep seeing adverts in all the papers. It's been my big uh, gripe over the years that there's more and more of these adverts for groups going on. And there's never a mention on the advert of how much it costs to go. So they'll have Westlife appearing with, you know, Eogan or whatever it happens to be, uh, called <coughs> the ticket line. But there's no mention of how much it costs. They'll have Bruce Springsteen, a Royal Abattoir. No mention of how much it, how much does it cost to go to see these people? It varies dramatically. I mean, some of them try and keep it. Yeah, sort of smaller, some bands try and make a point by making the ticket price smaller, but, I mean, you're looking at, I don't know, 30 quid or so, really, for right. most sort of vaguely known bands at a sort of normal-sized venue. Yeah, um, and a normal-sized venue would be how many people, roughly? Um, well, I, I paid, what did I pay 30 pounds for? I paid about, tw- I think it was 25, and then you get booking, it's always, you know, the old argument, it's the booking fee that, Yes. Adds it on, and that was for a gig at the Troxy for Wilco. And that's how um, big? How many people there? How many does the Troxy hold? I don't know. See how many annoyed fans there are. What, 1,000, 2,000? Add them all up. It must be a couple of thousand. A couple think. of thousand. That's how you can work it out, you see. If it's, say, 20, just supposing it was £30 a ticket and there's 2,000... You're yeah. looking at a lot of money coming in for the night, so I can then work out from that how much the group walk away with for a night's work. It's like when, when Peter Kay plays a stadium and there'll be 20,000 people there paying yeah. £30. You think, you're grossing a lot of money. Because that's what uh, Prince was the one who kept it to, uh, like, 30-something yeah. pounds for the, for the uh, O2. Yeah. But it was, like I said, it's the O2, you get so many people in. Yes. Uh, Troxy's 2,600 if they're standing. Two, wow. Um, or, a lot of money. Yeah, they will be standing. So, yeah, they do make a lot of... Well, that's where they make their money these days. Yeah. So. That, that, is a, that is a lot of money coming that night. Now, there's also Amy Winehouse not playing yeah, this week. Yeah, she can as well. I mean, I know it's been a lot of papers, but it's the island, uh, the island record label been playing some gigs. Mm. And she was meant to play, but... Let's be honest, it was never going to happen, was it? Especially if you saw the photos of Amy Winehouse <laughs> in the paper, struggling to, uh, no, get to no, with no. alcohol now. Yeah. I love that story uh, John Ronson tells about the, the song where she's talking about, I don't want to go to rehab, no, no, and how it was it was just a story she was telling him, and he said, let's go oh, back Mark to the studio. Ronson. Mark yeah, Ronson, yeah. sorry, yeah. Or was that his brother? His, uh, I don't know, but oh. he's another one with one of these sort of Beatles sort of type haircuts. Yeah, yeah, Sits yeah. there looking all, all trendy. <laughs> but very, very funny. Uh, right, quickly, let's run through these uh, gigs for uh, tonight and tomorrow and Friday and Saturday. Florence and the yeah. Machine. Yeah, Florence and the Machine, of course, who was at the Brit Awards. She's playing at Bloomsby Ballroom, which is a teeny tiny venue. Is that so up the road from um, Gray's Inn Road? Yeah, yeah, back in, the, back in our old gas. Yes. ITN, yeah. Yeah, back I think down I've seen there. It. I've never been there, but it sounds lovely. But the, um, the other... Uh, Island gigs for tellies are playing um, tonight, and then Yusuf Islam slash Cat Stevens well. is playing tomorrow at Shepherd's Bush as well. And does so he still do the old songs? Does he do, uh, you know, I'm gonna get me a gun? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he does that one just like that. <laughs> that was one of my favourite. Tra- I used to love Cat Stevens. He does it in the club singer style. Club That's what he does. Oh, yeah, I bought, oh, I bought a couple of Cat Stevens vinyl, uh, Tea for the Tiller Man. Yeah, that's a great album. That's a brilliant album. Great album. Absolutely brilliant. I'm sure he does them all, especially this sort of gig. Yes. Um, but yeah, he's got a new album as well, which has to be said isn't great. It's uh, slightly depressing, but, you know, a lot of these older artists... It's the early stuff, album. though, isn't it, that people want to hear, I think. The he's under the, under the name Yusuf Islam, as opposed to Cat Stevens. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So people want to hear that. 
Um, the other gig that's quite good this week is uh, an evening with Ed Harcourt and friends at the Union Chapel this week. We was going to try and play some Ed Harcourt, actually, but... Mm, sadly not. Because we couldn't. Look, just look him up on, uh, if you get a chance, MySpace, Ed Harcourt, and he's playing uh, Union Chapel, which is a lovely venue. I will always bang on about the Union Chapel. You like but it. But it is beautiful. Uh, like Anthony and the Johnsons, I've downloaded on, on the strength of listening to it on the programme. I didn't realise, of course, that A, he was a transvestite. Mm. Or a, and, uh, and sings a lot about that in the song. He's got the most unusual voice I've ever heard. Yeah, he won the uh, the Mercury Prize uh, uh, quite a few years back mm. now, um, which is where he sort of came to attention. But he's friends with old uh, Boy George. Oh, they is he? Right. Yeah, yeah. That they, Boy they George who's just come out of prison for, uh, <laughs> for chaining up the rent boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not implicating Anthony with any of that stuff. No, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Hagedy gets done the things, which is good, and he's playing tonight. Well, uh, apparently, actually, according to the papers today, Boy George is going to team up with Jack Tweed, and they're going to be going out DJing together. Mm, that'll be nice. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> made that up, haven't they? Well, I was assuming that Jack Tweed had picked up some nasty habits while he was in prison, you know. It is his second visit, and let's face it, must have enjoyed it so much, went back for the second time. He's got that weird, that weird party invite for his... Uh, yes, I saw it yesterday. It's going to have all his friends picking him up, you know, nice and that convicted thug twice, and uh, there's going to be some glamour girls on the bus. It'll be really classy. Fantastic. Yeah. Make a change from all the boys inside he's been seeing in the showers. It's just a bit odd, isn't it, that whole kind of... Publicity straight away. Oh, it's too disgusting. I don't want to think about it. Listen, as mm. always, lovely to talk to you. Oh, right, well, well, maybe next week we'll have some music. All right, we'll look forward to that, Stevie. Take or care. We'll come in and sing. Bye bye. All right, bye. Oh, coming in to sing. I'm even more impressed by that. Steve Hargrave, catch him on Sky near you very, very soon. This is. Here we go. The kids are on holiday, but still there's horse racing. Whether or not we're involved with it, uh, we'll find out in a moment as we have the rest of the sporting headlines from our sports editor, Phil Blacker. Yeah, good morning. Manchester United are out to make history in Rome tonight as they try to become the first team to successfully defend the Champions League trophy. The holders face Barcelona at the Stadio Olimpico later. Manager Sir Alex Ferguson says it's a great challenge for them. It's interesting, it's unusual that no one's actually defended it again. You know, it's since the Champions League started. If you look over the history of the European Cup, going back to the, the 60s, 70s, it was done regular. Rio Ferdinand will be fit for United, but we're unlikely to find out Ferguson's team until much before kick-off, with some big decisions to be made in midfield and up front, and virtually a full-strength squad available. Newcastle say talks are ongoing to make Alan Shearer the club's manager on a long-term basis. Owner Mike Ashley wants to keep Shearer at St James's Park, despite their relegation from the Premier League. Ashley's apologised to the fans and admitted mistakes were made and led to what he's called a catastrophic season. England going to the World 2020 competition on the back of another series win against the West Indies. They won yesterday's one-day international at Edgbaston by 58 runs to take the series 2-0. Bowler Stuart Broad says they now have to be considered genuine contenders for the World 2020. Cricket's a massive momentum game, and we've played some really good cricket over the last two or three months, uh, and we're taking that form and confidence into the, into the World Cup, which can only be a good thing. The first ever floodlit cricket match at Lords takes place later where Middlesex meet Kent in the domestic 2020 Cup. Surrey also played today against Hampshire after yesterday's 21-run defeat to Sussex. It's an early start for Andy Murray at the French Open Tennis. The world number three plays the Italian Petito Storacci at 10 o'clock this morning in their second round match. The England rugby team for Saturday's game against the Barbarians at Twickenham is also named this morning. The game won't count towards international caps though with so many first-choice players away with the Lions. It's a warm-up for two tests against Argentina. And there are five race meetings today. They go at Beverley, Brighton, Cartmel, Lingfield and Southwark.
Well, Alex says, I think Mr Blacker needs an incentive to turn his game around. Needs something. He says, I'll give it some thought. Is he going to Epsom tomorrow for breakfast with the stars? Because if he is, we'll track him down. No, sadly not. No, he's not. Do you know what it is? I've never even heard of it. I've heard of it. I couldn't tell you too much about it. Right. Sounds lovely, though. Breakfast with the stars. There'll be loads of booze and everything else. Mm. You'd hate it. Not <laughs> sort of thing at all. Had it not been reaction to the Champions League final tomorrow, I might have been oh, able to course. swing that. But yes, still. they're all in... Barcelona, isn't it? Yes, thing Barcelona, Man United in Look Rome. at me knowing that, honestly. <laughs> well, it's in Rome, but they're playing Barcelona. That's yeah. right, yeah. Now, uh, Alex yesterday had venture capitalist, second. He could have gone each way, but he didn't. He lost uh, £2, £26.21. You picked featherweight, sixth out of 11. I don't think you're backing horses, are you? I'm, I'm, really I'm not... disappointed with that one. I was quite confident about that one. You I'm, were. I'm not sure it went wrong. But you lost £2, and you're just under £40 out now. Mm. Just under £40. Pounds in the space the of a week. I know. I don't think I've had a winner this week. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday's lost cause, says Alex, is the 4.55 at Brighton punching win only. But, he says, if Mr Blacker picks that to follow his boxing theme, I'm going to change to something else. OK, well, I so haven't. So he didn't... That's OK, you, you, you haven't picked that one. No. OK, so 4.55 at Brighton, punching win only for Alex, and you're going for... I'm going to Lingfield, 5.15 for Mount Hadley. Right. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I thought there's sort of comedy moment. Just pause and let it sink in. <laughs> Don't need to signpost your gags. And uh, right, where is? That? Sorry, I forgot which one. Uh, it was uh, Lingfield, oh. five fifteen, right. Mount Hadley. Mount Hadley. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's each way on. Um, I thought about it, but no, it's a win. Oh, okay. Fine, fine, fine. Can't, can't go each way too often. No, you. Oh, well, I, I agree with you totally because mm. it's not. It's not helping. <laughs> it's, <and> it, <laughs> it didn't, did I'm it. trying to be helpful, but I mean, you know, when your horse it comes in sixth out of eleventh. It quite clearly hasn't been racing properly, has it? No. Uh, get out on the gallops or do something. I don't, yeah, I don't know what is going on. It's not, it's really not good, is it? It's not. I was, st- I, as I say, I was confident about that one. Yeah, but you started. I remember when we started doing it, and it was so good because you, you, you were sort of plucking them out of the air. Mm. Then all of a sudden, it's got a bit pear-shaped. Well, what I'm hoping... I've got two weeks off after this week. Oh, have you? So I'm hoping that that will refresh the situation. I think it'll be worse if anything. <laughs> we know, you know, who do you know who's covering for you? Uh, Alex, I think. Alex Jensen. Mm. Oh, he's, he's actually not, not he too bad. He did all right last time. Yeah, he, he was all right, actually. And after having a break, I might be able to uh, turn it round. I hope so. That's, that's the theory. I'm pinning my hopes on you. <laughs> all right, Phil, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Phil Blacker will return with Nick Ferrari on uh, Breakfast this morning, which is after the news at 7 o'clock. I did mention a birthday earlier, and that was Francesca, 11 yesterday. I'm ever so sorry. I've had to eat humble pie on this one. I'm so sorry I forgot to mention it yesterday. I can't help it. I'm just one of those people. I just forget things. Actually, if you like um, aerobatics, I must mention this one very quickly, because this is, this is coming up... Um, later this year, and it's the FAI World Aerobatic Championships, and it's the Flying Aces, and they're going to be down at Silverstone. I only mention that because I know that we've got Biggin Hill coming up, but uh, the aerobatics, I'm always very, um, it just makes me feel ill watching. The one thing I always wanted to do on planes, never got to do it, was wing walk. And I've seen people, I always thought it must be quite, if you've got long hair, it must be great to have your hair, so, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, I just I've just fancied that idea. It'll never happen, of course. Uh, Paul says, as you already know, because of you, I'm a huge fan of Ray Conniff and the singers. I don't know if you've seen it, but if you go to YouTube and put in Ray Conniff, you'll actually get to see them all. I must say, I think the man was a genius and is much missed. I hope that Peter stands up for himself and bins Miss Price off. I agree with you as well. I'm uh, hoping he's going to go through with it. I really, I really do. Uh, I can't stop. I'm just going to book my tickets with the better half for eggnog and whoever. By the way, you've done everywhere else. Manchester or Stockport, please. And then even Richie won't have to travel very far. By the way, on his website, eggnog is casually dating. 
With what? Answers on a postcard, but hey, nice earrings. Actually, I think he was Twittering. Or does he do Facebook? Eggnog does Facebook, I think. I'm, pre- I'm pretty certain. Because I remember my, uh, my goddaughter was saying, oh, she'd been chatting to him. And I said, well, do, do make sure that it is, uh, it's definitely him. Uh, Joe says, you're finding very husky this morning. I think you need a, a cupcake to bring your... Ch- I'm, I'm feeling a bit throaty this morning. You know why? Because I've, the other day, I thought I was getting this cold. And you wake up, and it's not quite a cold. On the other hand, it's, it's, it's sort of a cold. And so you feel a bit sniffy, and I did feel a bit, uh, a bit chesty this morning. 84850, steve at Sadly, Chris, I don't have a spare programme. We don't, I'm afraid. And uh, th- that, that was the last of them. But who knows, with all the photos, and I'll let you know probably Thursday about the photos from that, because they'll probably be going up on the, uh, the website. And then you can have a look through, if you were there, you can have a look at what a gorgeous crowd, what a gorgeous crowd. Steve Hargrave has promised me a croissant from Paris. Actually, we, well, I'll tell you what, Steve, um, you, if you go to Paris, and you are, he is going to Paris for a few nights, uh, for the Terminator premiere, it's so expensive. We went there, uh, there was me, uh, John Warrington, my friend Helena, and it was, it was furiously expensive. Five pounds for a cup of coffee, so believe me, you will take out a mortgage to try and buy a croissant. It is terribly expensive. I mean, it's just, it's just embarrassing. Not as embarrassing as that garden centre we went to, where two baked potatoes with cheese and baked beans were £14.58. So there you go. Saw Eric Clapton, says Paul, at the Albert Hall last night. Paid £75 for good stall seats. Paid 40 to see Kenny G at the Albert Hall recently. Similar seats, both gigs superb. That's an awful lot of money, isn't it? £75 to go and sit. Mind you, I suppose it's Eric Clapton, isn't it? Uh, uh, Ray in Kentish Town says Jack Klugman couldn't act, but had a great taste in Harrington jackets. <laughs> Mumbles Pottery Lighthouse is looking good. Still willing to pick one up if she wants, Steve. That's from Helen and Anthony in Hanwell. And uh, the lady who said hello to me whilst walking in Marble Hill uh, is Skippy. Morning, Skippy. And says, I spoke with you after your little car accident. Do you know, we're still waiting for the insurance company to settle on that. We're still waiting. And how long ago was that now? Still waiting. Me, Honest Steve, and the insurance company. First of all, they had to guarantee that I paid the £700 excess. So I got a letter from the, from the car company to say I'd paid them. No, that wasn't good enough. So I had to go back. They wanted a letter from my bank. They wanted to see the bank statement where the money had been taken out and paid. It. Just absolutely unbelievable. They're, what they're basically calling me is a liar. And uh, I'm afraid we might have to go further with this one because it's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous why this drags on and drags on. And so, first of all, I said, then they lost it, so they're obviously a bit incompetent. I think we could be changing insurance companies this year because it comes up in August. So I'm, I'm hunting around to find another insurance because, they're frankly, they're just not up to the job. You pay £700, and I had to cross everything out on my statement so they couldn't see my account number, they couldn't see all my other things on there. And, and then they said, well, that's not enough, and can you prove that this happened? You think, I've, you know, barring going down there and wringing their necks, because, frankly, they're just, they're just appalling. They are so appalling, I'm afraid. So, but you've probably had experience of insurance companies as well. 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. So it's Jordan, 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 Jordan. And MPs. And the reason a lot of you are telling me that there aren't as many millionaires in this country is because the MPs have started paying their money back. So, a little bit naughty. Uh, Britain's got mania. 
Actually, I was very surprised that the dancers Ben and Becky didn't get through, or the wheelbarrow pranksters. I mean, admittedly, it's very sweet, but it's, it's, it's the kind of thing you'd find on a... You know, it's, it's not royal variety. You've got to think. But uh, the other one, uh, show group, there was the singer who didn't get through. Sounds like a saxophone. Then there was that strange woman who sings while her husband does flower arranging. <laughs> Wasn't sure about that. And duo harmony. It looked as though they were hopelessly out of place. We do like the schoolboy soul singer, Shaheen. Very good, indeed. The trouble is, you've got to think all the time when you're looking at these people, do you think Her Majesty the Queen, at 83 or whatever she is now, is going to be interested in seeing two men with their shirts off, well, man and his son, dancing around wearing Greek na- national costume? I have to be honest and say, I don't think so. I think she'd probably rather hear a singer. I think, to be honest with you, she'd rather not hear anything at all and then make the show a lot shorter. Because it does sometimes go for ages now. If you're sitting in the audience and the seats in some of the theatres, are a little, they're made for Victorian audiences, and Victorians were a lot shorter much shorter. And so you sit there and you have to turn sideways. Unless you're taking fruit gums, it can be very boring. So by the time you get halfway through the show, you're thinking, oh, I'm so exhausted. And then if, if, if they bring on Susan Boyle, I think I might have lost the will to live. But we all take um, binoculars so we can see them close up and then we, we can work out if people are singing or not. Because the girl who was on Britain's Got Talent the other night playing the violin, I don't know if you noticed, but she was playing over a backing track. And the backing track was winning. She was actually not half as good as we thought she was. I was a little bit disappointed with that. And to be honest with you, I don't want to see another violinist. I've really said, you know, we've seen Vanessa May. It's very nice. Not another one, please. I'm sure the Royal College of Music is a lovely place. And you're turning out some lovely people. But I don't want to see any more. We've got that other girl group, haven't we, who sort of play violins and everything. And I'm I'm bored with them as well. I really don't. I've had enough of it. Why can't we have somebody playing a recorder? You know, we all played recorders and things like that, but, I mean, another violin group, and they're just sort of doing all the naff Bond themes. It's just naff. Just naff. Play classical. You were never trained to play Bond movies. In fact, there was a group called Bond, wasn't there, as well? Didn't they do the same? Were they also violinists or something? Can't remember. I know I'm sick to death of seeing them. Anyway, we'll take a short break. It's quarter to seven. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's uh, 11 minutes to 7. LBC 97.3 is giving you the chance to win two special mother and daughter treatments at the Lush Spa Rooms this week with Jenny Barnett. The Rough Guide to Girl Stuff is designed to be a friend throughout the teenage years. From body changes to confidence, earning money to heartbreak. The Rough Guide to Girl Stuff is packed with practical, non-preachy advice to help girls deal with whatever life throws at them. So listen to Jenny Barnett all this week for your chance to win. LBC... 97.3. Uh, Sue says, paid £80 for two tickets uh, at the Barbican. It's so £40 each, that's not bad. According to uh, photographer Chris, Chris Christodoulou, the most fabulous man in the world, the Eric Clapton programmes at the Albert Hall were 20 quid each. Tw- come to a Steve Allen show, they're free. But uh, £20 each. Unbelievable, isn't it? I'm still trying to think, though, actually. I mean, how would you pay to go and see Eggnog on stage? Probably not a lot, actually. Probably not a lot. Uh, Sue says, I've been rung on a landline by an unknown uh, number to listen to a message. If, Bruce Way, if you don't know who the person is, then don't pick up a message. Sometimes people get messages on their uh, mobile phones. It goes, call this number now. Well, where have they got your number from? I'm, I'm withheld, so I never get these at all. I'm quite lucky, but I know lots of people get them, and they go, well, i better call this, this back, actually. Uh, watch Coach Trip, says Des, last few days. Loads of tripe. Oh, I loved it, actually. Absolutely loved it. It, it. it was so good yesterday. It was absolutely wonderful. The people on it are revolting. It's dreadful. Steve says, it's not your insurance company, it's the whole UK system. Uh, banks, parking tickets, everything. But they just, they just assume everybody tells lies. 
You know, if I say to somebody, I've paid this £700 insurance excess, I don't expect somebody to challenge me. I expect them to go, you're an honest person. The trouble is, there's so many crooks nowadays out there, you're quite right, they probably think we're all at it. Uh, terrible, really. Um, a photo of Carlo, uh, Carla Bruni, naked in bed, snapped 15 years ago, when she was 26, goes under the hammer next week. So, who cares? Uh, more on uh, Jackie Button. Jade Goody's mother. She must be selling a story now. We told you, we told you that uh, they all would... I'm hoping she's not. I'm hoping, I'm waiting to see somewhere in the article that they have not paid money to her, but I have a sneaking feeling that she's probably taken the money. Uh, and one of, Queen's, uh, one of the Queen's gamekeepers at Balmoral uh, is due to appear in court over the deaths of two badgers found trapped in snares. This man here is due to appear at uh, the Sheriff's Court. I love it in Scotland, they've got the Sheriff's Court just sounds more exciting. It's a bit Robin of Sherwood, the Sheriff's Court. I like that idea. Uh, Steve, wouldn't it make a change if a singer didn't win Britain's Got Talent? No, there's no point in, in not having a singer winning it, because they, how are they going to make any money? That's how they make their money. They're, they're, they're going to make their money by a singer having an album. I know we had George Sampson, but I mean, George's career is finished now. That, that's gone. I don't know where you think you can take that show anyway. And they made a bit of money out of managing him. But they need a singer, and it's going to be Susan Boyle. And the reason it's going to be Susan Boyle is because if you've got 100 million hits on YouTube, you're not going to be daft enough to go, well, we're not going to record an album with her. 100 million hits, even if a third of people buy an album, that will make it the most successful album that they've ever had. So she, she quite clearly has to win. Even if she doesn't win, <coughs> excuse me, it doesn't actually, it doesn't matter really whether she wins or not, because she's going to get the recording contract. And if she gets the recording contract and they shift, just supposing that they, they shift... 10 million albums. You're looking at a huge amount, and it's going to go worldwide, because in America they're going to say, oh, her album's out, so they'll release it in America. It's, it's just, it's, it's a phenomenally successful show and a phenomenally successful format. Shameless star Frank Gallagher is going to have an unlikely new love interest in the next series. Mrs Doyle, Mrs Boyle, sorry. Mrs Doyle, no, Mrs Doyle from Father Ted. You will, you will, you will, you will. I remember interviewing her once. I was so disappointed. I wanted her to do everything for me. Oh, go on. Go on. I love it. She just used to make me laugh. She'd wander in with a tea trolley. And in fact, if you want to watch good comedy, I, I, I recommend the box set of, of Father Ted. Because it's just really good. It's just really super. And it's kind of, you look at it and you think, how they got away with half of this stuff is absolutely amazing. There's a couple uh, in the paper today about to break a wedding uh, record and a pair who show it's never too late to love. 81 years and still married. Uh, their, their, their son, Frank Jr., is 74. And this is Frank and Anita Milford broke open the bubbly to celebrate their 81st wedding anniversary. Isn't that fantastic? 81 years and still married. Good for them. Good for them. And with a combined age of 185, Cyril Merle and Margaret Kingsley are proof there's no age limit on romance. 93 and they've just got married. 93, and they've just got married. Cyril's 92, Margaret's 93. They tied the knot. They're now on honeymoon in a different care home. <laughs> Shouldn't laugh, really, but they, they're obviously in care homes. They met there. They've gone to another care home for their honeymoon. Margaret says, I was young and foolish when I first walked up the aisle, but this time I was a bag of nerves, but it's wonderful. I love Cyril with all my heart. Isn't that great? That even at 92 and 93... They, they, they can find true love. I think that's really exciting. In the care home. So it just goes to prove... People get all care... Of course, they're RAF people. RAF people live a long time. Long, long time. And uh, he says, I'm a lucky man. Margaret is so caring and not bad-looking either. 
Isn't that great that you can look past the wrinkles and the, the white hair and the thing that needs ironing, and you can go past that and you can go, not bad looking, you know, for night. Because I can't believe at 93 you're thinking about that sort of thing, are you? I don't, I don't think so, really. Well, I'm, well I was just going to say I'm hoping not. Of course, I could be totally wrong. So as all the fans head out to Rome, they're all out there doing the sights. Don't buy anything. People are terribly rude out there. The restaurants are rubbish. Go and eat something. You know. That's why whenever tourists head into a town, they head for places they know, so they go to McDonald's and stuff like that. Because if you go to some of the little cafes around the, uh, the Trevi Fountain, which looks lovely, but it's down a side street, and the, the restaurants around there are rubbish. They're, they're, they're what I call... Tourist restaurants. And tourist restaurants, for that mean dreadful service, overpriced food, and uh, and just not very pleasant people, I'm afraid. Uh, Mark won some tickets to a gig and sold them on eBay for 70 quid, as I didn't like the group anyway. The Moody Blues. Really, the Moody Blues. I'd have paid to see the Moody Blues. Crack, I thought the Moody Blues were great. Nights in white satin. Oh, we love the Moody Blues. Justin Haywood. Ride, 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 seashore. Let's see, 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 saw, I think it was. Oh, I love the Moody Blues. Big, big fan of the Moody Blues. They're absolutely great. Um, apparently, there's a gadget which fires light beams up the nose. It cures hay fever. So they've said. Whether or not that uh, it works, I've got no idea. Tests show the pocket-sized sneezer beam stops sneezing and sore eyes. It fires infrared light beams up each nostril to soothe sensitive cells and is used twice a day for three minutes each. It's pain-free and it sells for 40 quid. So if it's infrared, can you not just go and buy an infrared light and stick it up your nose? Would that not be roughly the same thing? John uh, Sevier of Reading who sells it, says, we, we hope it'll make a big difference to people's lives. The trouble is, if you get hay fever, you'll, you're willing to try anything, aren't you? And I'm a bit worried that people might spend £40 and it might not have any impact on them at all. And it's quite a lot of money to spend. Uh, I think a lot of people for hay... It can be quite awful, can't it? Quite, quite awful if you suffer. And I've had... Tell you what I've had dreadfully recently. You tend to inhale a bit of pollen and it gets stuck in the back of your throat. It's absolutely awful. You can't... <coughs> you, you sort of cough and cough and cough and cough. And, and it's just... Oh, it's just dreadful. A bit like sort of poor old Eggnog as he's going out. And poor old Eoghan singing at the... Uh, at the where is he singing? I'm sure he's with uh, Westlife. I'm sure that they, they booked him. I'm pretty certain I read that. I can't remember I read it, actually, but I'm sure I read it somewhere. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. There is a, you have to open up a copy of The Sun today on page 29 because there's a picture of a car and it looks like somebody's doused it in glue. It looks like the entire car has been doused in glue. What it is, it isn't, it, it isn't glue at all. It's caterpillars. And what they've done is they've uh, crawled over this car, they've stripped all the leaves from a nearby tree and to protect themselves from predators and they've covered this car and it looks like an entire it looks like it's dripping but it's not this silvery covering could remain for two weeks until the uh, the caterpillars turned into spindle ermine mob uh, moths whatever they are an onlooker in holland said it looks like a scene from a horror movie it's a great picture because it does look as though the car's dripping but it's not it's all these caterpillars listen I've, I've run out of time i have to disappear very very quickly uh, front page of metro uh, it's Fergie's love of Europe. This is, uh, the game tonight. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Don't forget to podcast. It'll be worth every penny. Nick Ferrari is with you after the news, which is next on LBC. Oh, is it not? Have I gone early now? Sorry. As usual. Oh, oh you want to go 58 now? See, only, only a few seconds out. I thought everybody changed their mind on the thing. Nope, they forgot to put the time up anyway. So we'll go for 58, which is now. If you decide to use your motorbike after you've declared it as off the road, remember to tell the DVLA and pay your tax. Maybe stick a note inside the visor of your helmet to remind yourself, then you'll avoid a penalty.
Oh, make sure you take it out before you go for a ride, though. To get up to date, search online for vehicle tax. There's no 